Welcome to the Podcast Connector. I'm Christina Rice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kelsey Goldstein and Abby Frank. We run the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. Have you ever told the story of your bodybuilding life before? Very minimally. I feel like I don't meet people. Like, obviously, I've talked about it with people that know it happened, but when I meet new people, it's not typically the first thing I bring up. Um, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't peg you as like that type, right? You know? I'll have to send you pictures. Um, I I've yeah. seen pictures. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I stalked you extensively before I hired you, Kelsey. Oh, good. Then you did your job. Well, <laughs> well, I'm I mean, glad I passed the test. You know a lot about me, so I have to even the playing field and I need to know right. a lot about you. That's right? so right. So, okay. That's actually, why you're interrogating me now. No, I think this is, I think this is super interesting. I love hearing people's like health stories and kind of like how they got to where they are, you know, Um, like, how did you end up here? So I think, I think it's cool. I, I want to hear like, what got you into health and fitness? Have you always been? Mm, No, I mean, okay. I will say, so I did some sports growing up. Like I was a pretty active kid, but in high school, what sports did you do? you, You would never guess. Um, well, middle school, I did palms. What? <laughs> My primary sport is like, do you not know what it is? No. It's like dance meets cheerleading. Oh, I, I do know what that year. is. Yeah. Um, but my main sport. My main sport was basketball. I could so, see that. Really? I feel like mm-hmm. most people are like, what? Because I'm actually pretty short. Um, so I was a point guard. Um, and I was not great, but I played through high school. There was a point in high school where I started to, I was definitely starting to get, it wasn't bad, but I was definitely overweight for my size. I was probably a good, like 20 pounds overweight. And then the whole classic, like I definitely developed body issues and was trying to eat healthy and then like kind of rebounding every single day, under eating, then overeating. And like, sadly, it feels like a normal thing for a lot of teenagers to go through, but I think that's kind of where my awareness of my health and fitness came from, or just like where I decided to kind of start to think about how to approach it. And then really, I think my biggest turning point was I got into a car accident when I was a senior in high school going into my first year in college. And it was pretty bad. And I couldn't like drive anywhere for a long time. Uh, Basically, long story short, I blacked out at the wheel and T-boned another car. And (laughs) I had been having some issues with blacking out pretty regularly. So there was definitely an underlying health thing going on that I didn't really understand or realize at the time. So that kind of started my whole health journey and like sent me down a spiral of going to a bunch of doctors and trying to figure out what was going on. But from that point on, I just kind of felt like I was losing control. And um, I was basically trapped at home the summer of my senior year going into my freshman year of college was not the most fun time. But I discovered yoga, and I think that was my first time really getting into wellness. And I started 
being really interested in like clean eating and watching all the documentaries that kind of get you in the door to that whole world. That was kind of like how I first discovered it. What documentaries were those? I think it's called Forks Over Knives. I think that oh, was so one you're watching that I the really vegan, loved. The vegan documentaries. It was, yeah. Okay. Yes. You're actually like making me remember a lot that I've probably repressed, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Forks Over Knives, um, Food Matters. And I did kind of go back and forth between vegetarian and vegan for a while. Meanwhile, like I said, I was having like these blackout Mm-hmm. events happening to me that we were trying to get to the bottom of. And when I first got to college, I still was super into yoga. I was going really regularly. I think that was like my main form of activity. And then I'm trying to think when it really all pivoted and changed. I, I went through a really hard breakup, my first real heartbreak, my freshman year of college. And that's when I found the gym. I was like, I need a distraction. I need to get out of the house and I need something else to put my energy towards. So I started going to our rec center at school, which is like right down the street for me. And like, Anyone who's probably been on their own fitness journey with the gym, I went in there and did not know what the heck I was doing. I was doing like the same three machines for like an hour every single day. Yep. <laughs> not good. Looking back, I'm a little disgusted, but it was what I, the only things that I felt comfortable doing. So of course that's what I was going to stick to. And I didn't know anything about how to break up, you know, your workout routine or like what was an appropriate amount of volume, but um, it was a start and I was seeing results and I was feeling good. And at that time, I think I'd kind of put together the pieces of what was going on with my blackouts. I was anemic and uh, I had some autoimmune issues, but I was kind of getting into the groove of like a fitness routine for the first time. And I was losing weight and feeling really good about myself. And that's how I first got introduced to the gym and then shortly after I noticed they were hiring at my school's rec center and that was like the most crazy hiring process I've honestly ever been through but (laughs) somehow it was insane there were like activity days where you had to sit in a circle and mind you we're like college students we're adults and you'd have to do like group activities and then reflect and raise your hand and I was such a good participant so they ended up hiring me oh Um, my god I'm working at the rec center and basically all of my friends and my whole circle are personal trainers and people that are into bodybuilding. And so from there, I feel like I really just gained so much exposure and that's when my passion really developed. I would literally, I remember um, one section of our gym had these women's hours that it would just be obviously women only. And they would always have a female fitness attendant in there. And I loved working those hours because I would just straight up stalk these girls workouts and take note and be like oh that's a cool move for the video camera <laughs> down like I probably looked super creepy but um oh my god I'm I really done. loved working at the gym it was just like being around that energy and seeing everybody else feel so motivated and then getting inspiration from other people it was also really funny because I had to be the one to spot people benching like 700 times. oh my god they're like can you spot me I'm like I mean I can try but <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. On you, please don't hold me liable. Oh my god! Um, yeah, that was a really fun time. And one of my best friends that I met, his parents—he was a personal trainer. He also worked at the gym with me. His parents owned like a chain of Gold's gyms, <laughs> so I just think it's really funny. So his parents were both competitors, and I was like, "What's bodybuilding?" And I kind of just like started to learn more about it. And you know, the people I interacted with were really into that. And then I feel like the natural next progression was, of course, I dated someone who was a bodybuilder. Oh my God. So (laughs) I got to see the whole process firsthand, which was interesting. It was interesting, but I actually loved being like the bodybuilding girlfriend. I would like meal prep all the meals and like. (laughs) 
I could see you liking that. I like your maternal instincts. Yeah. Like domestic um, I like organized the whole trip. I'm like, okay, we need to get dark sheets for your spray tan. Your spray tan appointment was at 3 p.m. Oh my God. <laughs> manager, if anyone's <laughs> do not do not volunteer yourself as a bodybuilder manager. No. You have enough on your plate. You have to shave people for their show days. I won't get into that. Yeah, I won't even get I don't want to know about like, that. It's bringing up a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to remember. So anyway, yeah, I started dating a guy who was into bodybuilding. And at first I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is so extreme. It was, I don't know. I think at first people who aren't like, I would tell my grandparents I was dating a bodybuilder and they're like, that's disgusting. Like, <laughs> I think there's a big stigma the generation before us of it was completely just like repulsive and unappealing. Mm-hmm. And then our generation, because fitness became so popular and really kind of took off and it's almost like I, and maybe it's just what I'm exposed to, but I do feel like it's, it's really common now for people to go to the gym and work out. And it's like something that people are very familiar with in our generation. I just feel like there was this giant pivot where now people are just kind of fascinated by it. And they're like, now that there's social media, everyone's seeing like, Hey, all these people can do it and be a competitor and be on a stage. So why can't I, it just feels more accessible, I think. And, you know, well, there's more access to coaches. Yeah. I mean, we'll all say like when I was trying to like learn how to get healthy for the first time when I was in college, all of my, where I went was bodybuilding.com. Like I associated yeah. like that with health and like, I just started, I mean, cause I was following that I started eating and like working out like a bodybuilder. Um, and that's what I thought was health. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people you get into the gym and then you learn what a workout split is and then, okay everything changes from there. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to hit biceps on this day, like upper body day here, lower body day there. And that evolves to like push day, pull day. And then you learn about macros and then you start tracking your food. And then suddenly everything gets so refined. And I feel like that was kind of the direction I was heading where it was like very micromanaged my fitness. And don't get me wrong. I was still loving it and I was still really passionate about it, but it was just a very different take on it. And I'm definitely in a very different place now, which is interesting. But yeah, watching someone else go through the process, I realized like, holy crap, if he can do that and get to like that place where he can go on stage in a little speedo. And I'm sitting there at his competition, like watching girls that like I had seen had looked like me previously. I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to do this. Like, I kind of just want to prove to myself that I can do it. And of course, there's a level of vanity to competing that you just, you can't deny. Like, I mean, that's kind of the the essence of the sport is seeing like how lean you can get, how good you can look. But for me, really, I think I loved the idea of having a goal because I knew the second I signed up for a show and I had that deadline, I was going to be more committed than ever because previously I had a really hard time adhering to whenever I would like put a plan in place or say like, I want to hit these macros. There was just no pressure. And so Yeah, I honestly never saw myself as the kind of person that would want to be in a competitive situation like that until I did it. And I honestly will say from start to finish, I thoroughly enjoyed the prep process. I loved it. I loved having these little mini goals of like, here's the macros you need to hit. I loved having my coach who I found on YouTube. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so, that is so Gen Z. It really is. I was like, ooh, I love your, your workouts and your Lululemon attire. I'm just going to pay oh a lot God. of money to coach me. I um, love it. You know, but she was great. Like, I definitely, and because I had that foundation in like yoga and wellness, I definitely approached my prep from a place of 
really valuing balance and still maintaining my wellness. And like, because I had gone through health struggles previously, it was a big priority for me to keep my cycle. Like I was trying to approach it as holistically as I could. And you'll see when I get to the end of my experience, how like, even that it's still, even with that mindset, it's still really hard to maintain balance when you go this route. Well, I mean, you're, you're literally fighting your body's natural rhythm, you know, like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, when you say you enjoyed the process, were you, were you hungry? Like, were you starving? I don't think I was starving, but what I will say is because I made it a non-negotiable that I kept my period, I did not get down. Like my biggest feedback on show day was that I was not lean enough. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's okay. Because I feel okay. And mm-hmm. I can see that these other women are like starving and it's really scary. Like you hear stories about girls getting down to, I'm not even kidding, like 900, 800, 700 calories a day when they're competing at a competitive level. And it's just like, no one, no one can operate or function properly Mm -hmm. um, with that little nutrition or nourishment. So I was just glad and happy that I had like, of course I got cranky and, um, wished I could have had more carbs and like missed eating regular foods. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. And I don't think I was ever, I felt hunger for sure. I experienced it, but I never felt extremely deprived. But what I want to say, like a little asterisk here is that was a short period of time, relatively speaking, that was a few months. My biggest takeaway now, and like, I have a whole different perspective on the bodybuilding world after going through it myself, is that prep can be done in a somewhat healthful way, you can have a better approach to it than the people that go all in and are willing to do anything to get to a certain body fat percentage. But the real key is what happens after your show date. And I see that this is where a lot of people end up developing super horrible health issues like myself included. So I mean, for three to four months, you're eating very few calories, you're working your ass off in the gym, you have a routine and you're sticking to it. And it like, you've adapted to that. You really have your body, your metabolism is downregulated. You're very just, yeah, you're adapted to what you're doing. And then you have your show day, which is really exciting. And then there's this crazy thing that I still don't understand what I think about, but it's literally like customary that after your show, everyone goes to like a cheesecake factory and orders everything on the menu. I've heard of this. Downhill. I don't know why Cheesecake Factory, but I'm serious. Like, this is where you go. And me, who like knew I had issues with gluten and all this other stuff, (laughs) I literally went and just ordered everything on the menu. That's what I did because I was so excited to eat the things that I like hadn't had in four months. And I remember that night I had debilitating stomach cramps. Like I thought I needed to be hospitalized, (laughs) which is not surprising when you think about going from eating literally nothing to then like stuffing your face with foods Mm -hmm. that are completely unhealthy. And like, also I had (laughs) intolerances too. And from that point on, traditionally what you do is you, um, reverse diet out of a prep. So, you know, you're, if you have a coach and they're good, they will tell you, they will give you a plan where you're slowly increasing calories and slowly like pulling back on the cardio for several weeks to even months leading out of your show. The thing that no one that's you like tells you about though, is that once you go out and you stuff your face with food, you're never going to be able to go back to a place where you're only eating like a, a thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. Your body now knows and remembers what it's like to eat food and remembers that it was deprived and now knows that it's available. And this is where so many women fall off the bandwagon and like seriously go down a really honestly treacherous path. I just, from there, basically developed a really severe binge eating disorder. And I would have never said it at the time. And I think I've said it very few times in my life, but 
Yeah, it was horrible. I gained back probably all the weight I had lost within like a couple weeks. And then from there, my hormones were completely out of whack. I developed IBS. Any intolerances I had before were extremely mild compared to like what I ended up experiencing after that show. And so looking back, I don't think it was the prep that messed me up at all. Do I think it's unhealthy? Yeah, I think I think dieting down to that degree is unhealthy by nature and people know that going into it, but mm -hmm. they do the best that they can to make it manageable and like when you do it right, of course you reverse diet out of it and that's a more sustainable approach. But I think experiencing that really shifted my perspective on the community as a whole. And I noticed that a lot of people I followed that I used for inspiration had very similar experiences where it was kind of like you come out of your show and then you swing from one end of the pendulum way to the other side. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's normal for these people to lose a ton of weight and then put a ton on. And then a year later, they go back to dieting, drop a lot of weight, put a ton back on. And like over time, that takes such a number on your metabolism, your hormones, literally everything. And so as much as I, I enjoy the experience and sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish I could do that again. Like it was just so fun. And this time I'll do better. And I know I'll reverse diet. I just don't, I know that my instincts are stronger than my mentality at the end of the day. And I don't necessarily like the mindset that it encourages. So mm. it was overall, honestly, it was an experience I wouldn't take back, but it has led me to definitely approach fitness and health in a more holistic and balanced way because I had been to such an extreme end of the spectrum before. Yeah. Well, it's so, I, I mean, and to your point, it's like, what people forget about is like, if you're going to eat and train and live to be the best athlete you can for your specific sport, that's very different than pursuing health. Like, and it's like, yeah. At some level you need to choose, right? Because what's going to be best for your performance and whatever sport it is, is probably not going to be best for your overall health, but it's like, yeah, there are ways to balance it. But at some level, like, you know, there's, there are choices yeah. to be made and that's part of, you know, being an athlete, you know? So yeah. there's that. And I feel like I've seen, I have seen like what you described so many times. Like I have a lot of friends who have competed and it's interesting to me how it just like goes into that binge cycle. And I also have seen so many people like who I don't even, it's like they try and play it off, but I'm like, I can see what's going on psychologically where like literally what they're doing is they diet down, they compete, then they binge and they fall into binge eating. And then they're like, the only way that they know how to get lean, they start to freak out. I can tell. Then they're like, I'm just going to do another competition. Yeah. And it's almost like, they know. Uh -huh. yeah, well, it's like they, they use, I want to do another competition as a justified way to diet really extremely because they're freaking out about what, what has happened to their body. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? I 100% know what you're talking about. And that's, that's so true. It becomes like the only thing you've done it once and you know, it works. And it seems like the most efficient means to the end of getting back to a place where you're happy with your body. And then it becomes, I literally think it becomes addictive. It's, it's oh, an yeah. addiction. It can be an addiction. But it, it seems like it does, but it also seems like from what I've observed, like as I see people go back and forth and do this, it's it's like it stops working. Like I've seen with multiple yes. people after mm -hmm. they've done a couple competitions, they're like, I can't diet down. They're like, well, your body is seen. Your body yeah. has seen what happens every mm -hmm. time you go through that. And then what does it take the next time you do it? It takes a more extreme version of what you did the last time. Mm -hmm. Or the body just doesn't respond. Right. Your body's like, no, we're not going through that again. <laughs> um, yeah. And people will hold on to weight. So I just think it's, it's really interesting how the bodybuilding world can 
be perceived so differently than it really is behind the scenes. I think it's really glamorized, I think is what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. at. And really a lot of these people have developed severe eating disorders. And I don't think there's enough awareness around that. And when you're following people on YouTube, like I was, or Instagram, you're not seeing the whole picture necessarily. Very few people mm -hmm. talk about it. But what's interesting is the people I used to follow when I was going down that road, I still follow to this day a few years later. And a lot of them have completely stopped. They're still into fitness, but they've completely stopped bodybuilding for very similar reasons to the reason that I chose not to continue. But yeah, it's not, it's, it's not sustainable. It's funny because, well, when I first became friends with Mind Pump, I remember like we were talking and we, we were talking about how like so many of the like the secrets of the food blogging world are the same as like the secrets of the like competing world. They were saying like, yeah, all this like stuff that you see in competing with all these eating disorders, it's like the same behind the scenes stuff that a lot of food bloggers have, which is like very interesting. Um, right. But I'm curious, like, did you experience that rebound weight gain? Like where you like it, you gained even more weight than you started with? Like, because I know a lot of people experience that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say from that point on until literally this year, I had a really hard time maintaining my weight at what used to be kind of like my set point. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's kind of like an arguable term, but what I used to naturally weigh when I was just very balanced prior to competing, I had a really hard time maintaining after that. I was extremely sensitive. I It honestly took a lot of work to stay at a body fat percentage that just felt comfortable for me, not even one that I felt great at. Yeah, I was just really sensitive and it definitely did a number like long-term it, it definitely made a, some lasting damage on my body. And like, like I mentioned, my food intolerances were at a whole new level after the show, because I had cut out so many foods for so long, dieted down so hard where I was eating, you know, maybe like 1200 calories a day and then reintroducing foods. I developed new intolerances just mm. because I hadn't been exposed in so long. And it's not to say that you can't fix that ever. I just don't think, I think people when they're in it, don't see it. Don't see the yeah. full picture. Yeah. Well, and especially if like, you know, everybody is different with what it can handle. And like you had a history of autoimmune and like already some other health issues. And when you already have sensitivities, like, you know, certain people are more inclined to food sensitivities than other people. So yeah. there's, there's that too. I even um, think like male versus female, I do think men are able to handle changes like that a lot more easily than women, because with women, mm -hmm. you have your hormonal cycle to take into account. And that's just like a whole nother layer of something yeah. you have to be really careful with. Yeah. Well, women, the male body is better, is designed to better handle stressors than, than mm -hmm. the female body is not, is not. So there's that. I'm curious, how did that did that affect at all your, your relationship with like weight training? Like, did you do, did you still want to like follow a similar type of workout or how did that change? Yeah. I mean, to give you perspective, I was in the gym literally seven days a week mm -hmm. on prep. Um, some days it was just cardio, but I was working out twice a day, basically six to seven times a week. After that, I definitely was, <laughs> I took a good break from tradition for my traditional split I think I was still weightlifting a little bit but I really wanted to get back to yoga and stuff that actually like made me feel good and didn't feel like a chore anymore but after that kind of like what you mentioned earlier I felt like heavy weightlifting was the only way to maintain my physique or like get back to a place where I was happy and so I felt obligated to continue doing it mm -hmm. and I actually became a personal trainer and then I was like you know 
preaching this to other people. And I look back and I, I wish I had known how my own experience and perception was influencing it. But I truly thought that weightlifting and doing like a true bodybuilding split was the only way to have balance and build a physique. And yeah, it was just all I knew to be effective for me at that point. And so I felt up until this year, I felt like that was the only way that I was going to be happy with my body was if I continue to train that way. And it's really funny because now I don't go to the gym at all. I mean, coronavirus happened and quarantine's a thing, but I like, I have no desire. And when I finally respected the desire to stop going just because I felt obligated to, I literally dropped 10 pounds just because I was so much happier and so, so much less stress about like mm -hmm. my routine and hyper being hyper-focused on managing a whole schedule and split and everything. And so now that I enjoy what I'm doing and it's so much more sustainable, I feel like my body is just so much happier. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I mean, I found that too. Like I didn't realize how, like with different phases of like how I was working out, how much I was like stressed about it without realizing it felt like this yeah. big ordeal to me. And then it was like, on top of other stressors, it felt like too much. And it's been interesting for me in the last year of like, I mean, with nutrition and fitness though, like everything that I thought was total bullshit. And then now I'm like all about it. I mean, like I yeah. used to think like lifting weights was like the only way and I'm still like pro resistance training and weightlifting, but also I can't deny that I have seen and also experienced for myself, like the number of people who have left lifting weights and now are doing like all of the girly workouts we used to make fun of, like yoga. I used to think Pilates was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now I love it. And I think the biggest thing that people overlook is like, you also have to take into account what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Not from a place of your ego being like, wow, I look great in a bikini because I've been working out at the gym, like powerlifting or whatever, whatever. And it's not to say I don't like powerlifting or bodybuilding type training. Like mm -hmm. I still have a really special place in my heart for those. And they're great. But if you find yourself in a place where you're like dreading going, or you feel inflamed or you feel tired, reassess like why you're doing that type of exercise and maybe revisit something else find what you actually look forward to doing or what makes your body feel good because there's so many different types of workouts out there and you don't have to limit yourself to what used to work for you because the truth is you may have adapted and it might not work for you anymore so yeah. that's something I've definitely had to learn well I think cross training is so important too like I think there are like a lot of people who are super into weights who don't really do that much mobility and I know for me I've got mm -hmm. so stiff and achy and I didn't even realize how, how much so until I just stopped doing any resistance training. And I think also, again, like knowing your body, like if you, like for me, like with autoimmune issues, like my body's just more sensitive. And so I didn't realize like how I needed to really pay attention to my exercise and my exercise tolerance and also the inflammation piece. Like so yeah. many people get so inflamed just over time. And I've, I have so many friends who I've like seen this journey with them where they're lifting weights and eating super clean and they're just so inflamed. And then they just stop lifting weights and they start doing Pilates and they like drop like 20 pounds. Yeah. That literally happened to me. And I think it's just interesting because the mindset when you're in the gym and you're like a true gym rat is push through, push through. Mm -hmm. If you feel like crap during your workout, persevere. Um, if you don't feel like going to the gym, you go anyway, it's all about like grinding. Mm -hmm. And then you don't really realize the physical implications that that can have. Mm -hmm. And so it really takes like breaking that almost mental addiction to the gym and that routine 
to some to sometimes actually get the results that you want or like actually start to feel good again. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard for me. I thought like if I stop lifting as heavy as I am right now, I'm gonna lose all my muscle. <laughs> I'm gonna like put on a ton of weight. But um, you really have to listen to your body, and I think it's something that a lot of people have learned to tune out. Yeah, been, you know, trained to tune out. Well, it's such a high achiever thing, right? Because the person that gets addicted to that is the person that like loves the mental challenge, right? And that's what I loved yeah. about the, that's what I loved about the gym of like, yeah. it was a mental challenge. And like, I'm like, yeah, I can do this, you know, <laughs> but that's also the same reason why some people never even exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the person. But I think that it just, I think it's important to hear like the different perspectives because there's just so many things that I threw out the window that I was like, that's bullshit. Uh, that it does work for different people. You know, you really realize that different things work for different people. And I also think there are a lot of phases people, in your life. Yeah, totally. There also might be a lot of people who are like only doing yoga and Pilates that could really benefit from lifting some weights too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, muscles and so much about balance. And I think our culture is so obsessed with identity. Like I identify as a yogi or I identify as a weightlifter or a power lifter or a bodybuilder. And it's like, I know a lot of people too, who are really good at what they do. Um, athletes and they'll do like powerlifting and on cycle of powerlifting. And then in their off season, they're doing yoga and mobility. And like, there's so many benefits to all the different types of exercise. Like, I just mm -hmm. feel like you don't have to identify with just one. You can yeah. be passionate about a few of them and cycle them in and out. And you're probably going to get way better results doing that than just sticking to one. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think it also is back to the addictive thing though. Cause especially like, I know I have a very like addictive personality. Like I will get addicted to things, you know, and when you get those endorphins and you notice how you feel or how you look right. And how your body changes, it's like, you just, that association gets built in your brain and you're like, I'm going to keep going. So yeah, mm -hmm. especially for people who I think, I know for me, when I was really in deep in exercise addiction, it was like, that was my old, the only thing in my life that I enjoyed everything else I just didn't even like, which is really depressing and sad to say, but at the time, honestly, that's how I felt. So I felt like it was my only me time. And so of course I became addicted to it. And I found that the more I, you know, like as my life has become full and like, I have like relationships and hobbies and things like then that wasn't my only thing that was giving me endorphins or making me feel good. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend and I had this exact conversation because we were both in the same boat too. It's just really interesting to reflect on. Mm -hmm. um, Wait, really did your boyfriend like, do a competition? No, but he was very much the same way. He was in the gym five, six days a week, um, bodybuilding style training for as long as I've known him. And even before that, and recently it's just funny because the gym's like opening back up and we're finally like starting to feel like we might be safe enough to go back, but we both canceled our gym memberships. And I was so surprised that he canceled his, um, because he is so dedicated normally, he just always has been as long as I've known him to going to the gym and not missing a workout. And like, now he's like, you know what, there's more, there's more than this. And it served me for a time in my life. Like mm -hmm. it was my mental escape from work and I loved it. And I didn't, you know, have a relationship that I needed to invest time in or anything else to do. And I loved it and it served a really good purpose for me. But now we're realizing that like, you know what, <laughs> we're not old, but we're older and we appreciate, you know, going on hikes and taking walks and doing different things now. And it's like, it's okay to pivot. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to like suffer from it. Yeah. I also found that like, I almost felt like my body just got so used to the movements 
you know, like the basic, like compound movements that it was like, yeah, it's not even doing anything anymore. Dude, you like, adapt you, so quickly, so yeah. much more quickly than people think. That's yeah. something I learned as a trainer. And like you said, that just goes back to the importance of cross training. Like you do need to switch it up. If you feel like you're not getting results and the only way is to grind yourself to the floor, like there's something else that can be done. So mm-hmm. switch it up and like, just really think about what your body needs, especially if you're, if you're going to town at the gym for years um, on end doing bodybuilding, you're probably in really in some need of some mobility work or some stretching or some yoga too. So I just think, yeah, we get in this mindset and it can be addictive. And sometimes it's important to like really take a step back and look at not Mm -hmm. just what your body needs, but like mentally, what do you need? And like, what are your motives? Yeah. Well, and it's that same personality that I think like this is so relevant, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs because it's the same personality that gets addic- addicted to the gym. I know this. It's like all my friends, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like gets addicted to the gym that also get then gets addicted to their work and they're like workaholics. It's like, and you're just trading one addiction for the other and like filling, trying to fill holes. Finding a you know? substitute, right, yeah. right. So it's very interesting how that transfers. So, you know, something to think about. <laughs> But this was very fascinating. Thank you for sharing your story, oh, Kelsey. I'm so glad I could enlighten you. <laughs> yeah, I love, I'm going to go back and relook at your pictures. Oh gosh, <laughs> I should probably take this down now. No, I like it. I like it. I think it's helpful. And I think good for like, especially other women to know too, you know? Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of women, whether or not they compete, deal with, they like, they, they diet down really hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if they're not in a competition and then they get confused yeah. by, like the binge eating that pops up after or the extra weight gain. And I think that it's actually really helpful for people to learn about some of the rebound effects from bodybuilding. Cause you can see mirrors with like just you and your life. If you've been under eating and overtraining, which a lot of people are because we're in that more is more culture. And also if anyone's listening and you're not familiar with the Minnesota starvation experiment, look it up because it just like lays it out for you. So (laughs) there we go. All right. Well, do you have any final words? Um, I would just say play around, challenge yourself to like find a new modality of exercise and just try something new and you might be surprised and you might just because you're switching it up, you might get results. So and switching up, I think is a really good mental challenge anyway. Right. Yeah. Something that you're not already good at. Mm -hmm. So exactly. there we go. All right. Well, thanks, Kelsey. Thanks everyone for tuning in leave a comment on our latest instagram post at the podcast connector if you uh, have any feedback or if you had a similar story we'd love to hear and we will chat with you next episode bye thanks again for tuning in to another episode Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.